Let's get cracking over here. We're actually a little bit down on today's daf already. We got a little bit ahead. Today is daf pei hey, page 85. We're at the two dots, which are approximately 12 or 13 lines from the top of the Amud of pei hey, Amud Aleph 85a. 12 lines from the top of the Amud. Let's go. Zokt the Mishnah. Everybody's got the place. Yeah, Zokt the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, a person who nebuch, is underneath the rubble of a building, possibly. We don't know whether this person was home. Nebuch, this is mamish, what's going on right now. Okay, we don't need to think too far after what's going, what happened in Surfside. All right? So, we said in the Mishnah, a building falls down, you're not sure if somebody's there in the first place. Even if he is there, you're not sure if the person is alive or not. And even if he is alive, uh, you don't know if the person is a yid or a guy. The Allah is, what do you do? You start, you got to work on Shabbos. My karma. Says the Gemara, what is the major chiddish of the mission? What's the major chiddish? That's how Rashi explains the question. Answers the Gemara, the Gemara, let me buy you cover. The Mishnah, in the way that it writes it, if you have a building that fell on somebody, you don't know if they're there. You don't, even if they're there, you don't know if they're alive or dead. And if they're alive or dead, you don't know whether they're Jewish or not Jewish. So it's working in a way of lomi boy. Lomi boy means I didn't even need to say that case, but even the next case. Let's explain. Lomi boy Okay, I don't need to tell you. Lomi boy, meaning even if you don't even know if somebody's there, the isechai, and even if he is there, he's alive. The you got to be mechal shabbos to get this guy out. Even if you're not sure whether he's alive or dead, it's certainly the way we explain the Mishnah, this is how we read it, and that is just to explain in our own words, even though our words are not any better than the Gemara, but to put it into our minds, it's, uh, the, this is a very important Gemara in, in how to learn. Because there are times where Mishnayis are written and the Mishnah will say a smaller Chiddush and the Gemara will say, oh, why don't you say the bigger Chiddush? Say the biggest Chiddush, because if you say the biggest Chiddush, the most novel idea, I'll know the more cooler case. I'll, ser- I'll know the less of a Chiddush. Right? You don't need to tell me the lesser Chiddush. And then there's other times the Gemara is not bothered. By the Mishnah t- starting with the lesser Chiddush. Because it's working as a Laimi boy. We, smart, we start with the lowest. And we kind of work rung by rung. And build our minds up to appreciating the ultimate Chiddush. That the Mishnah plans to bring out. How do you know how it works? Through Gemara. Through Masera. Through the way that the Rabbeim uh, taught it. So it's, a, it's really a fascinating idea. And that's why it's, it's so, uh, such an important Gemara. Because otherwise... We can start asking questions, you know, why, why the Mishnah is not necessarily working with the, starting with the most Mechudosh case, which is a valid question if you don't have Masora in the style of that Mishnah. Okay. Two dots. Next part of the Mishnah said, Matsuuchai, if the guy's alive, Mefachin, you keep being Mechal Shabbos and you'd get him out. Says the Gemara, of course. Same question we asked the whole yesterday's Amud, the whole yesterday's Daf. Matsu Chai Pshita. Yeah. 
If you know the guy's alive underneath a fallen building, Avadi or Machal Shabbos. What's the Chiddush? When it says Leitricha, I'll tell you the Chiddush. The guy's got one foot in the grave already, another one in a banana peel. He's got no chance. He's got one minute, and if you move the rubble, you might give him a minute and a half. The guy's a goner, but he still has a pulse. The halacha is, even for that little bit, huge halacha, very important halacha practically when it comes to end of life, even a little bit to extend the, a person's ability to be in this world is, um, is something that one is obligated to be mechalal Shabbos for. Okay? And it seems even for the smallest amount of time. However, if you start clearing away the building because you don't know whether the guy's alive or dead and then you find Nebuch a corpse and it's Shabbos. Halacha is, you're not going to be Mechal Shabbos anymore. You're only be Mechal Shabbos, save somebody's life. But if there's no life here, there's no Chil Shabbos. Says the Gemara, Hanami Pshito. That's also obvious. Why would I be allowed to be over to transgress a Dindai Raisa? The Gemara says, no. Not so simple. I'll tell you why. Light Sricha, Ella Lereb Yehuda Ben Lakish. The Tani we learned in Abraisa. Okay? Usually on Shabbos, a dead body is mukta. It's not, let's say, you have a fire in a building, and that building is a morgue. That building is a morgue. There's nobody alive in there. Okay? So the Tanakama says, you're not allowed to start moving those bodies that are mukta on Shabbos. I heard it, it, it is allowed. Okay? It is allowed. Meaning, since we're dealing with Muktza, and Muktza is, you know, we're dealing with Dinei Dirabanon, and, um, you know, and uh, you have Kavra Mace over here. So I heard that on Shabbos, if there's a fire, you're permitted to move the body. Um, uh, um, I lost the place, I'm sorry. Oh, so how do we answer the question? So now the question is answered, because our question was, uh, says, well, no, it's not so simple, because you have the opinion of Rebuta Ben Lakish, who says when it comes to a fire, you're obligated to save the bodies. So too over here, I would say, you're allowed to be metapal with the bodies. You're allowed to be involved with the bodies when, uh, when it's underneath rubble. So the Mishnah lets us know that, no, that it's different when the fire is going to destroy the body, so then you're allowed to move the body. But if the body's just going to remain there, you're not allowed to move it. Even Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish is going to say that the reason why you're moving the dead body is because otherwise, people are going to go sugar. All right? People are not going to... Um, people, you know, uh, imagine somebody knows that their father's body, which he's supposed to have a leviah the next day, nebuch, a, a sibling, a child, whatever, a co- you know that there's a fire, and that fire is not going to be put out. People are, it, it, people don't think necessarily 
Alpi Halacha at that time. You should know even the greatest Yirei Shemayim very often at a time of trauma, at a time of loss, the way they make it through is not by their own decision-making ability. It's because they follow the decision-making abilities of others, the Rabbanim, the Rabbeim, Chves, whatever they say, okay, this is what the Rav says, this is the Halacha, this is what the Rabbanim Shalom wants, but it's not because that person's able to necessarily think through so clear. When a person goes through trauma, you, you can't. It's push it, right? So therefore, he himself might come to put out the fire in Gansen if you're not going to let him move the body. And therefore, the Chum say, better to move Mukta of the body on Shabbos than, than, than risk um, a, a family member coming along and being Mechal Shabbos. But over here, if we don't allow him to move the body, there's nothing, you know, what's, what, what else is the person going to do? Nothing. There's nothing else to do that's going to cause a, a uh, din dairaisa. And therefore, the, the two halachas are not, uh, are not uh, dependent on each other. But that's, uh, the Gemara of Lamaisa answered the question. We're not, we're not removing the answer. Okay? The answer remains. We asked, what's the Kiddush? That if he's dead, you don't remove the rubble. He said, the Kiddush is that I would think maybe it's similar to Rabbi Yehuda, Ben Lakish, by the fire. Kamashba on the Mishnah that they're different. Okay, fine. Tanu Rabbanon, here we go, Zokta Gemara Viter, the rabbis learned and so should we. How much searching should a person do? Somebody's underneath rubble, possibly. We say, you're Michal Shabbos, and you move the rubble. How far do you go? Until your mom has reached the bottom, you've, you've, you've covered every inch. Yeah? How does it work? Says the Gemara, what we can answer is that if you find a body, even if the body is not completely uncovered, okay, but if the nose doesn't give off that there's any sort of life, we know that Akhaz Baruch Hu breathed life into Adam, if there's, if the no the face the nose is uncovered, and there's no sign of life, you leave it. You're not mechal Shabbos anymore. Some people say, for the heart. Okay, what's the heart? See if there's a heartbeat. Put your hand on there. See if there's see if there's any action. Let's say, you started clearing away rubble. And the first bodies that you find have died, the ones on top. You can't stop and assume the ones underneath them are certainly dead as well. Because if the upper ones have less rubble on top of them, the lower ones that have even more rubble, are dead. No, not necessarily. Okay? And you got to keep going. And those takachava ma'isa like that, yeah, where the upper ones were had died and the younger ones were alive. Okay, so let's stick with the halacha. Let, let's let's chazer outside the halacha of this brisa. The brisa said that how much checking do you do for signs of life in a body? Okay, so we had the Tanakama says the nose, check for breathing. The Yeshayimrim says you check for a heartbeat. And then we said that just because you find somebody's dead, 
uh, doesn't mean the rest of the bodies are dead, even if they're lower down and have more rubble on them. You got to keep checking. Okay. Let's say the machlekes and the brisa we just quoted is actually the same machlekes as one which we find elsewhere. Where do we find the machlekes elsewhere? Titania, we learned in a brisa. Mehechan havlad naitzar. When a baby starts being formed inside of a mother's stomach, where does it start being buried? Where, where does it start being formed from? Meiraishai says the brisa. It starts. The first thing that grows on the body of a baby is the head. How do I know that? Shinamra, as it says, From my mother's innards, I was gozi. Okay, interesting word. And it also says, there's another Pasuk that says, Gozi Nizreich Vahalishchi. To, to, um, Gazi is like to, to shear, right? You cut off like Gazi. Excuse me. Gazi Nizreich, he shore out, he, 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 he cut off the hair, and he threw it away. So you see from here that we're, what's the main part of the body that grows hair? The head. So you see the word Gazi means. Hair, referring to the head, and therefore when David HaMelech says, from my mother's innards, I was formed with Gaizi, it's referring to the head that the hair comes from. Okay. That's the opinion of the Tanakhama. Abishol Abishol says, nothing doing. The baby starts growing from the belly. And then the belly, which is the center of the body, Starts to expand. Elach the Elach means in all over the place, in all directions. It goes everywhere to the from the, that's where it grows all the way to the head, all the way to the feet, all the way to the arms. Says the Gemara. So you see from here that um, where does life start? Tanakama says the head. Abishol says belly. Previously, what was the machlekes about the rubble? Where do you check? The nose. Where's the nose? In the head. What was the other opinion? The heart. Where's the heart? Next to the belly. Not the belly, but okay. We'll call it, you know, the torso. All right? It's in, it's in the center part of the body. So perhaps the machlokas about how far you're allowed to clear away by rubble is dependent on how a person holds that a baby starts being formed. This is the Gemara's... Um, question, searching for information. All right, it's not a challenge. We're just saying, maybe, perhaps it's the same thing. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers, "No, I feel the You could even say that Abashol, who says that the um, baby starts being formed from the belly, will agree with the first opinion that you check for the nose. Why? Call me the. Uh, he says, in general, what do you do when you make something? You start from the middle and you spread out, right? You put a negative hand, then it spreads out. But it's a whole different uh, thing when it comes to pikuach nefesh. And therefore, what we, what we probably figured would be the answer is that just because you start being formed in that location does not necessarily mean that that Tana agrees 
that a person's end of life ends in that location as well. Okay. Amar of Papa. Rav Papa says, Machlaikas mimata Listen to this. It's very important. We said, how far do you clear the rubble on the body? We said, until the nose or until the heart? Which way are we starting the clearing? Did I already clear out from the feet and now I worked myself all the way up to the nose and I still find no sign of life? Or does it mean you uncover, you start from the top and you're uncovering the head till the nose, then oh, you don't got to do the rest of the body. Until the nose, in which direction? Amar of Papa. The machlekes is when you started uncovering from the bottom of the body to the top of the body. Do once you get to the heart area and there's no heartbeat, do you stop? Or do you keep going up until the nose? All right? But if a person started clearing away from the head, the top of the head, keep on the says everybody agrees that if once you get to the nose, if there's no action by the nose, you don't got to keep going. And therefore, once you see there's no breath, there's no breathing, um, one does not need to keep uncovered. Okay, fine. Um, what's interesting is that uh, I don't want to get too far into end-of-life issues, but... Back then, just suffice it to say, back then, when they had no other way of detecting life other than a person's breath or a person's heartbeat, they were limited to this. Halacha lamaisa doesn't necessarily anymore follow this Gemara, which means, the, what I mean by doesn't necessarily follow this Gemara, means we certainly still paskin halacha like the Gemara. However, the... Paiskim say that if you have greater signs, uh, more accurate signs of life, you're obligated to use that. Okay? So if you have an EKG machine or, you know, whatever it is, any opportunity to see whether a person's alive, the Paiskim say you're not allowed to, halacha, practically, you're not allowed to just rely on, but if you don't have access, if you don't have access uh, to to uh, you know, any further opportunity of, uh, of figuring it out. So then it seems Taka will paskin, uh, will, will paskin like, uh, like this Gemara. Okay. Ukvar Hoy Rebbe Shmob, Rebbe Kibar Blaz Ben Azayim, Malchim Adarak, Rebbe Shmob, Rebbe Kibar Blaz were traveling. Valevi Hasadar, Rebbe Shmob, Ben Aishar, Blaz Ben Azayim, Malchim Akram, Levi Hasadar, and Rebbe Shmob, the son of Rebbe Blaz Ben were going behind them, okay? They were traveling behind them. They were kind of like the Talmidim will say that, will say, and they had the question. What was the question? How do you know Pikuach Nefesh is Daicha Shabbos? We keep saying, oh, Shabbos, no Shabbos for Pikuach Nefesh. They asked, where do you get it from? Nana Rabbi Shmuel, Vama Rabbi Shmuel answered, and he said, "Im If somebody digs a tunnel into somebody else's home to rob them, to steal, okay? And this doesn't necessarily nowadays mean the tunnel. It means somebody sneaks into your home in the middle of the night 
according to the Torah, if you hear footsteps, your door was locked or not, you hear footsteps and there's somebody there who doesn't belong there, you're allowed to kill them if you feel threatened, even if you don't see a gun. You're allowed to assume that if they're sneaking in in the middle of the night, they're up to no good. And according to the Torah, you're permitted to kill them. That's the halacha of one who comes inside of a tunnel. If let's say you find a gun of sneaking into one's home. What's the halacha? You're totally permitted to kill them. When somebody breaks into your home in the middle of the night, what are the two options? Either they're coming after the one living in the home, or they're coming just after for some money. You don't know. We don't know why. But still, what's the halacha? You're allowed to kill them. And we know that murdering somebody is a huge problem. <laughs> still, you're allowed to pull out a gun, pop the guy in the head. You don't need to wait to ask him questions. Pikuach nefesh for money and pikuach nefesh on a person's physical being, you're permitted to go ahead directly and kill that person. Okay, that is how you're allowed to be over such a, we'll call it otherwise tremendous haveri. Okay, how much more so is, is uh, when it comes to pikuach nefesh, is a daicha shabbos. Okay. Certainly, if you want to go save the life of a yid, Shabbos, which is less of a uh, which is, which is less chamor than murder, is certainly pushed aside. If the mitzvah of murdering, we'll call it the mitzvah because it's a commandment, the commandment of never murdering somebody is pushed aside. Kavachaymer that that uh, Shabbos is pushed Okay, this this halacha was taught. Lahamas, as far as um, uh, somebody being taken out to die. Let's turn to the top of Amadeus. Avalahachiyais, but to, to bring life to somebody, okay? Meaning the guy's not even dead yet. Even from on top of the Mizbeach, it is permitted to leave the Avayim. All right? So. Um, Meaning, if a Kayan is on the Mizbeach, in the middle of the Avaidah, and he's needed to save somebody's life, go fight in the IDF. Go, go to a Bezdin um, and testify on behalf of somebody else. You know that you have an op- you have opportunity to save. You walk away from that mitzvah um, that you're doing as far- with the Kahuna, and you, and you go save that person. Says the Gemara. May may mizbechi tikachenu lamas. Right? Did you say that? I'll, 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 let me back up. I don't know. Let me. Let's go two lines to the bottom of the of the Amud. Maybe I skipped. Nana Rabbi Akiva Bamar. Let's go two lines to the bottom of Pehei Amud Aleph. Rabbi, I'm going to back up. Okay. Nana Rabbi Akiva Bamar. Rabbi Akiva answered and he said, "V'chiyazidish alreayu v'gaymer." If somebody, um, oh, you're right. You're right. I did. Uh, I I jumped a line. Very good. Um, thank you so much. If somebody um, is a murderer and you have to, but you need testimony against them, 
The halacha is, Me'im You take him from the Mizbeach to bring death to him. Me'im Mizbechi v'lay me'al Mizbechi. Okay? Which seems to imply that if a person or the, the, uh, the Kayin has not yet started the Avaida, then you, then he goes and testifies. Yeah, I didn't read that line. I'm sorry. Um, but if he already started the Avaida, you don't take him. This whole halacha of him going and leaving the Avaida, um, and leaving the Avaida if it's beforehand, but if he's in middle, then, then uh, we're more limited as to when he should leave. That is only Lahamis. If we need him to testify that somebody is chay of Misa, somebody is going to be put to death. So we say to the Kayan, wait, if you already started your Avaida, wait to finish your Avaida, and then go testify in a Bezdin. However, top of Omad Bez, but let's say we need the Kayan to go to Bezdin and to testify to save somebody's life because there's, there's testimony against this guy that he's a murderer. And Bezdin's about to put him to death. And the Kayan knows something that could save this guy's life. Then, even if he's mitten Avaida, he's saying, no, let me just finish. No, you're not finishing. Get out of here. We'll start the Avaida again with somebody else. You, you, uh, you, um, you, you go make sure that that person does not die. So again, you see another halacha. You see, murdering, you're permitted to do to save a life. To save a life. And it is permitted to walk away from the Avaid and the Beis HaMikdash to save a life. Okay? Says the Gemara Viter, Umazeh, and just like this case, where we don't even know whether the Bezin's going to listen to the Kohen who's doing the Avaidah. The Kohen's more the Avaidah. He might know something to tell Bezdin to save the guy's life. We say, Rabbi Kohen, go leave and testify. Do we even know if Bezdin's going to listen? What if they cross-examine him? They're like, yeah, forget it. We don't know whether they're going to listen to him. Should, should he go? So we'll say one second. The Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash was Docha Shabbos. We brought a carbon atonement on Shabbos. The Avoda is huge. It's even Docha Shabbos. So maybe only Shabbos gets pushed aside to save a life. But the Kayin, listen, they don't have either. Docha Shabbos, you don't even know what you're going to be listening to. Shabbos, Kavachem Nefugoch Nefesh, Docha Shabbos, Kavachem Nefugoch Nefesh, is Docha Shabbos. Mamma's beautiful. Okay? Not Rebbe Lozav Omar. Now, Rebbe Lozav ben Azariah answered and he said, now let's keep, uh, keep our minds on Omar Aleph. What did we say was the story? So if we go, uh, you don't need to turn back, but just remind ourselves about um, as soon as the lines got wide in the bottom of Omar Aleph, we're in the middle of a story where Rebbe Yishmael, Rebbe Akiva, Rebbe Lozav ben Azariah were walking and Levi Asadar and Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Lozman Azariah, were behind them and asked this question. So, so far, Rabbi Akiva gave an answer. They said, how do you know that it's Deich Shabbos? How do you know that saving a life is Deich Shabbos? Rabbi Akiva gave an answer. His answer was from the making Kavachimer from all these halachas. Okay. Now, says the Gemara, Rabbi Lazar says, 
And he says, I'll tell you another reason why the Kuach Nefesh is Daichashav. Doing a bris on Shabbos, which is only one of the 248 limbs of a person. To save a person's life, certainly is Daichas Shabbos. Okay? Pretty straightforward. All right? Rabbi Yisra Yudah says, You got to protect and guard my Shabbos. I would say, no matter what, no matter what, you keep Shabbos. Talmud Leimar, ach. Let's use the word ach. The word ach is always cholak. The word ach always separates. Now, where's the word ach? So the, the Gemara left out the main word that we're focusing on. It says ach, eshabsoisai tishmeir. Okay? So that splits up. That means there's going to be circumstances where you're not tishmeiru Shabbos. Rabbi Yainasim ben Yaisif, that's my brother. My brother's Yainasim. Shabbos is holy for you, which is he mesura biyatchem atem mesurim Shabbos is meant to take care of Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is not given over to Shabbos. Okay, meaning the existence of Klal Yisrael is more important than the existence of Shabbos. The existence of Shabbos is not more important than the existence of Klal Yisrael. Okay? And therefore, even though, obviously, at every NTSY convention, and when we talk about Shabbos, we say as much as Shabbos, as Yidin have kept Shabbos, Shabbos has kept the Jews. Right? But Shabbos is here for Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is not here for Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't own Klal Yisrael. So to save a Yid, Toich HaShabbos. Rav Shem HaMenasi, Rav Shem HaMenasi says, V'shamru b'nei Yisru ha'eles HaShabbos. Klal Yisrael is supposed to keep Shabbos. What does that mean? Klal Yisrael should, you can only keep Shabbos if you're alive. Omra toi rachil lov Shabbos, achas k'dei shiishmor Shabbos is harbis. Okay? You got to make sure Shabbos exists. For every, for every year. And therefore, to save a person's life so they could live for another Shabbos is this one Shabbos. Okay? So we have a, a lot of, if anybody asks, you have anybody, now, now we're walking down the street. We're not done yet. But if you're walking down the street, somebody says, why is saving a life more override Chil Shabbos? So far, we have five answers. And now we're going on to number six. I'm Rav Yudu Marshmul. Rav Yudu says, name is Shmuel. Yehavi, Hossam, Havamina, Didi, Adif, Mi, Didu. I have an even better reason. I wasn't there at the story, but I got a better reason. It says, Vachai Bohem. Torah gives you mitzvahs to live by. Doesn't give you mitzvahs to die by. Okay? What's going to be the obvious question? Some mitzvahs we do die for. Okay? Because those are the exceptions that the Torah writes. But in general, you're supposed, and, and that's what we learned earlier. But uh, in general, a person's obligated to be alive in order to perform mitzvahs. Okay, so now we have six answers. He says, I've got, I can upslug all the other answers. Except for the reason of Shmuel, 
Shmuel, I don't have an upslug on. I don't have, I can't uproot him. Now, now he goes through, uh, he goes through each of these. He says, I'll tell you why. The Rebbe Shmuel, according to Rebbe Shmuel's idea, which was the first idea of the Kalvachimers, he says, no, because Doma Kid Rava, maybe we paskin like Rava, the Omar Rava, my type of the Mimachteras, why you let it kill somebody who sneaks into your home? Because when a person sneaks into your home, I, you said, oh, well, you don't know whether he, maybe he's only there for your money. When you know he's there for your life. No. He says, let me tell you something. Somebody sneaks into your home in the middle of the night, even if they're after your money, guess what? They know you're going to defend yourself and your property. And therefore, they're expecting to have to kill. So this is not just some sort of potential suffake monetarily. There's certainly danger for one's life. He knows the guy's going to come. He's going to turn into a shootout. Terra says, somebody comes with a weapon. You have an obligation to, kill, to defend yourself and to kill them first. Um, so it comes out that by there's a certain murder that's going, to, that's going to happen. But over here, when you're just potentially saving somebody's life, Suffolk Menolan. How do you know you're allowed to be Michal Shabbos? Just for a Suffolk. Maybe the guy's not even dead. And therefore, will upslug the whole Kavachimer of Rabbi Shmuel. What about Rabbi Kiva's Kavachimer? Rabbi Kiva Nami. Doma Kedabai. Because maybe we paskin like Abai. What's Rabbi Kiva's Kavachimer? Oh, one second. When the and you take the Kayan off the Mizbeach to go save somebody's life, and we don't even know if they're going to listen to him in Bezdin or not. And for a Suffolk, you, you, uh, you ruin the Avaidah. How much more so for Shabbos? You get rid of Shabbos. Says, Well, no, Dirbakiba Nami. That we always send a Zug. A pair of rabbanon leda and mamish bedvara to know whether there's something mamish, there's there's uh, there's something concrete in his words. Meaning, when the kain shows up to testify, it's not like oh we don't even know suffolk whether to listen to him or not. They're gonna listen to him because this is not some random kain that might have a story that can help. He already discussed it with two tamidei chachamim who are sent along with him to make sure that. There's value into what he's going to say. And therefore, you find that you're Michal the Avaida by a Vadai. Because we're 99% listening to what the Kayan is going to say. Suffolk Manola. Randomly let it be Michal Shabbos for a Suffolk. Vakulu Ashkechem Vadai. Suffolk Manola. All the other proofs are learned out from Vadai situations. Suffolk Manola. We want to do Udushmul Vadai less Leipircha. Shmuel is the only one that has no pircha. There's nothing to upslug him. Why? Because what he says is, v'chai bohem. V'chai bohem means you got to be alive. You got to be alive. You got to live. That's it. Amar Avina, v'yitemer v'nachem bar Yitzchak, tavachado popelta harifa mimlai tzana de kari. Yeah, you hear this? A big idea. A big idea. Walking away 
from one sharp sentence that was given over with clarity is a lot more valuable than walking away from a three-hour shear without clarity. And therefore, what he's saying is that everybody else was coming with different kabachimers and vertluch and this and then and then Shabbos, then he gets Shabbos, the Mizbeach, various ideas of what it is. Comes along Shmuel and he says, V'chai bohem. That's it. Done. You got to live. You got to live to keep Shabbos. End the story. So he says, you see this, this one uh, short vert ended up being a lot more powerful than the other ideas. Period. End of that Gemara. There you go. That's right. A sharp, a, sharp, that's right. a sharp pepper is better than a basket full of melon. Sometimes you cut open a melon. Yeah. No taste. Yeah. Come there, no taste. You cut open a sharp pepper. <laughs> when it has no taste, it still hurts. <laughs> All right. Kvaldik. All right. Here we go. Viter in the Mishnah. Kvaldik. Kvaldik, Kvaldik. Here we go. Chatos ve'oshom vaday. I'm sorry. Chatos ve'oshom vaday mechatlin. A carbon chatos, okay, which we know was brought on Yom Kippur, and in oshom vaday, okay, in oshom vaday means a person's bringing oshom because he knows he didn't have error. These two carbonos are mechaprim. They atone for sins, okay? If a person doesn't have era and shows up and brings one of these carbonas, he, he should know he's zikr forgiven. Misa, death, v'yayim ha-kippurim, and Yom Kippur, mechaprim im ha They atone for a person if one has done tshuva, okay? Meaning... You can't do Averis the whole year. Go through a Yom Kippur with nothing. And then say, oh, Yom Kippur is automatically Mechaper. So now I start every year with a clean slate. It's not the way it works. You got to prepare. You got to do tshuva. The day of death, just because someone dies, so that's, that's the way it works. Nobody lives forever. Just because someone died, they got a kapara automatically? No. If they thought about it, and said vidui and did tshuva on their averis. So then they're mechaper. With the tshuva, there's there, there's a uh, there's a kapar. Okay. Tshuva mechaperes al averis kalas. Tshuva returning to Hashem atones for lighter averos, which are alaseva alaisase. Uh, lighter Averis that either are positive ones that I didn't fulfill or negative ones that I did fulfill. Okay, meaning I did transgress them. So, when I do tshuva, I'm a chaper on these things right then and there. Va'alachamurais and on more strong uh, Averis, he taila ad sheyava yoyma kipurim then you need a combination of tshuva and Yom Kippur to bring a kapara. Okay? This is, this is mamish, mamish fashion. Yeah, go ahead, Rebbe. Uh, 
Yeah, nachon, but you still need to do tshuva. You need to do tshuva for not putting on film? Sure. You need to regret it. Say vidoy and be mechaper alosin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, I feel terrible for not putting on tefillin. The lack of the schar itself is not the right. Correct. Yeah, you need to do tshuva on the lack of what I say. There's no malchus, right? But yeah, yeah, a person should do tshuva for not. Yeah, a person needs to do tshuva for not fulfilling an essay. Okay. Now. So far, this is a long Mishnah, but so far what we found, and the Gemara is going to be fascinating on this, and I'm sure many of us are already fascinated by what's happening here, but so far in our Mishnah, we're noticing mamish, like different, various dargas, various levels of how everything works. Okay? And what we said so far is, from the beginning of the Mishnah, is that when you bring a particular karbonis in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, it was Mechaper. And now we have Kaparas, even without the Beis HaMikdash, it talks about Yom Kippur. There's no Beis HaMikdash. Yom Kippur is still Mechaper. Misa is still Mechaper, but it has to have meaning. Right? There has to be Tshuva involved. Regular Tshuva, for lighter Averis, you don't need Misa or Yom Kippur. You could get Tshuva right then and there. But for more serious Averis, or a transgression, okay, for more, we'll see what's more serious and less serious. For more serious Averis, you don't hear, you'll, um, so then, along with the Tshuva and the day of Yom Kippur combined, that's where the, that's where the Tshuva comes in. Okay, let's keep going. So guy says, listen, I know if I do an Avera, I could do Tshuva. And I know there's Yom Kippur. So every Yom Kippur, no, I'll put on my kittel and I'm going to become white. Gavaldic. I'll do whatever I want. And I'll do tshuva afters. Yeah? Beauty. What does God care? Yeah? So, Aid my speaking the other last is tshuva. It's a fascinating expression. And the expression over here is not that it is impossible to do tshuva or that Hashem won't accept the tshuva. What the Mishnah is letting us know is the person won't even be capable of really doing tshuva. Let's explain for a moment what this is, even though it's going to take some time. But what this is, tshuva is you regret doing, you could only regret doing something if you understand why it's a problem. You could, you could regret it anyway. You say, oh, listen, my father told me it's a problem. That's, a, that's tshuva. That's really coming closer to Akadish Baruch Hu. The word tshuva doesn't mean repentance. The word teshuva means shuv, to return, to return to Akadish Baruch Hu, to return to Hashem. Yeah? The more a person does in Avera, the less severe we think it is. It starts to become normal to us. And when it becomes normal, it's very hard to fully do tshuva on it. It's like, all right, yeah, I know I wasn't supposed to do it, but it's really not. Eh? So then the, 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 the regret is not a real regret. A person says, listen, I'll do any Avera I want because I got Yom Kippur coming up. Ain't Yom Kippur Mechaper. Yom Kippur will not atone for that. It doesn't work like that. All right? It, you, you can't be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to do what I want and then come, come along with Yom Kippur. All right. Any Avera that's between a man and HaKadosh Baruch Okay? Whatever, any transgression. Person says, uh, I'm not davening. 
I'm not doing this. What is it? Anybody else's business? No. It's between me and God. Yom Kippur and Mechapim. So in Yom Kippur, you show up to HaKadosh Baruch. You say, God, listen, no, I should have showed up more. You know, I should have brought my tefillin a little more often. I should have been more careful with, uh, you know, stuff I got involved in and whatever. Okay. So you come to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is Mechapim. I bear from the Chaveri. But interpersonal relationships, yeah, you went and stole from somebody. I spoke Lashon Hara, God forbid, about somebody. I demeaned somebody. I'm putting people down. I'm cynical and I'm, I'm hurting other people's feelings. You can't just show up to Yom Kippur and say, yeah, I'm all good. What you need to do is, you got to ask forgiveness of the person. Okay? Now, the Chafetz Chaim does say, just to get practical for a minute, the Chafetz Chaim does say that unfortunately, there are some Averis that we're just going to have to live with. For example, if I spoke Lashon Hara about somebody to someone else and I, I regret it afterwards, but I know if I walk over to the one I gossiped and tell him what I did, he'll feel terrible, he'll feel, it'll, it'll kill him. Says the Chafetz Chaim, what you do is you walk over to the one you spoke to and you say, don't believe me. What I did was a sin. You can't uh, uh, make sure you don't believe me. But to get a full teshuva by asking that person forgiveness, it's, you're not allowed to do that. He says, you're just going to have to live with that partial avera. You should have thought about it first. That's, that's what he says. A fascinating thing. He says that for all your averas that are between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Titaru, you're, you're, you're good to go. You're purified. You see from here, anything between me and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem Kippur, say, God, me and you, we're starting from scratch. Clean slate. Until you ask forgiveness for your friend. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, Praiseworthy. How fortunate we are to be called Yisrael. You know who we're showing up, you know who we come to on Yom Kippur. You know who we come to every day to ask forgiveness? Are we coming to a monster? Are we coming to this God that runs the whole world and is like, oh, Tendler, I'm going to take you down. You did not vera. Mimitar Eschem. Tendler, who's taking care of you? Who's cleaning you? You know who you're going to? Not to refer to God like this, but it's our big papa. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have a problem. We did something we don't love. We did the wrong thing. We didn't, we didn't live up to what our Baruch wants us to do. Who are we going to to ask forgiveness? Our father. That's it. It's not like we have to go to some random guy. Go say I'm sorry to the man who you, you called the name in the park. No. You're coming to the same person that gave birth to us, that, that, that manufactured us. Shinamar, as it says, it says, Mikve Yisrael Hashem. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the Mikveh. Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself purifies Tal Yisrael. Ma Mikveh Mataras Atmeim. Just like when a person immerses himself in a Mikveh, we are remove any sort of impurity. Af Hakadosh Baruch Hu Mitaher Es Yisrael. There's such a beautiful, beautiful concept to a uh, beautiful concept to take in, and that is how lucky we are, how fortunate we are. That even we have to come ask for forgiveness, we have to, it, it's mishpacha already. We're already so close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I know it's late. Let's do one more minute just to get a little bit further down on the daf. Let's run along. Asham vada in. We said an asham vada, you get an automatic apara. Asham tali loy. In asham tali, it seems if it was a, you're not sure you did not asham tali is when you bring. I'm not sure if I did not bear. You're not automatically atoned for. 
I have a kapar aksiva base. Then why you bring it? Obviously, you're being atoned. That was the ratio of the Mishnah. There's different levels of atonement. You can be partially atoned and completely atoned. We'll explain this in a moment. Inami, or you can say, another pshat is, uh, um, nothing else, because we've got a kapara for the chatas and the asham badai, asham tali, acher mechaber kapara. There's other ways to get a kapara as well. Now we learned in Mishnah, but if a person is obligated to bring an Asham Toloi, and you have Yom Kippur, you don't even need to bring that sacrifice. Because Yom Kippur itself sufficed for that. Okay, we didn't get completely to the bottom. We're almost there. We'll hold it here for, uh, we'll hold it here for today. But just to end off, anybody who wants to log off, can log off on your way to Shul, because we got eight, uh, only uh, six minutes from Mincha. Um, anybody who has a couple more minutes, uh, you can stay on. What does it mean, what does it mean to have a, Less of an atonement, more of an atonement, yeah? The Chavetz Chaim says a beautiful, beautiful idea. And he says, not every mitzvah and avera is created equal. Okay? Every action, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos tells us, every action that a Jew does, that any human being does, creates a malach, creates an angel. Now, an angel is not this thing with a halo on its head. An angel is what we call a power of God. It's the Ratzon Hashem. Every mitzvah we do, we're creating an advocate, a defendant on our behalf. When we come up after 120 years, we have an advocate. Every avira that we do creates a prosecution. Says the Chafetz Chaim, this is so beautiful. There's different types of prosecutors and different types of defenders. And he says like this. He says, if I do a mitzvah with excitement, because I, I, I want to do it, Hashem wants me to do it, we created a robust advocate. If you do a mitzvah like, like a lamachol, so you created an advocate, but shvach. Yeah, the guy just graduated. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have any experience. He says, same thing true by Averis. Every Avera we do creates a prosecutor. He says, if we do an Avera, if a person sins, and we know we shouldn't be doing this, but we do it. We created a prosecutor, but you should know yeah, weak prosecution. Not too, be, uh, not too bad. You know what I mean? He says, a person has got in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but. So then you created a strong prosecution. But the Chavetz, it's a beautiful idea. He says, the same way by mitzvahs, depending on how you perform it, depends on your advocacy. He says, if you do it, I fear it with a little bit of conscience. You know, well, it's on my conscience. Eh? You, know, you know, you still do tshuva, but you don't need like a robust tshuva. You know, you just a little bit. You know, you, you have a, you have a, a shvacha prosecutor anyway. You know, you, it's an easier way out. All right, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful evening.